the podcast you're about to hear is sponsored by Nas Whip. Niggas against smoking weed in public places. Find out what happens, what happens? when people stop being polite. Start getting. <laughs> Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this will be episode 48 of the Real World. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me here again today. If you're wondering where I picked up that little skit from the beginning, um, check out Muddy Waters by Redman. Uh, I, I want to say it's probably my favorite album ever. Uh, for those that know me, Redman is my favorite artist. And even though I personally don't smoke weed, He's been on that weed movement since I was a child. And so that's the first thing that came to mind when I thought of this. So while I get the mood set for this segment, I'm going to break something down for you. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 2017 weed songs. Why you make it so complicated? Uh. Off the drain, we concentrated. Uh. I know you won't leave me hanging. Yes, I will. Smoking weed out the container. Word. We spin cash for entertainment. Yeah. There's more where that came from. That's all I'm saying. It's me and you, and we making arrangements. So, the reason I wanted to play something that was weed related, even though I'm not a smoker, um. I went to a concert about a week ago. And what's important about this being in the concert, I think the times have changed. Let's start there. When I was 18 and I could get into my first clubs, the one thing that you could do in every club in D.C. was smoke cigarettes. The part that sucked about that is for people that don't smoke, I had to go home, burn my clothes, take a shower, and do all of that stuff before I could go to sleep that night. Because if you didn't, you basically would wake up smelling like cigarettes, sweat, and probably like old cologne. Nobody wants to smell like that. Nobody's really getting play like that. You fast forward to now where smoking just generally isn't allowed anywhere. You can't smoke in buildings anymore. There's no more smokers lounges in most uh I'd say office places, they tell you to go outside. So smoking in the club is pretty much, you know, something that's gone away. It wasn't until hookah got popular that you started seeing something, and I'll just say anything that was actually smoke-related in the club. When I first moved out to L.A., um, again, you got to remember at the time, it was 2007. People weren't really smoking, but every once in a while, you'll smell something that smelled a little stank in the air. Somebody was putting something in the air. You know, that's what they did. Okay, fine. That's one person. Now I feel like I'm sounding like the old guy, but let's keep it all the way real. I think the last few concerts that I've gone to that are at the smaller venues, everybody in the entire place is blazing. And I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying, knock people for their fun. But the new norm is definitely for me to leave smelling like I smoke weed. 
Fortunately for me, I'm not the kind of person where I work in an environment that I got to get drug tested. But if you don't smoke, I'm catching secondhand smoke at every place that I go now. And I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it. It's a little crazy that we got smoking cigarettes the entire fuck out of here. But now because weed is cool and it's pseudo legal, it's no longer illegal in a lot of places. It's cool for you to smoke that everywhere. So I'm at this weird spot, right? I don't want to knock people for having their vices. My vices used to be drinking, probably women, uh, competition, just because I'm super competitive. Um, But I felt like those things were only harmful or destructive to myself. And I get it. I've heard all the arguments. Weed is better than this. Weed is better than that. I'm not debating that. I'm just a little curious about how we got to this point where everybody feels like it's cool to spark up anywhere we go. What about the people that don't care about that? Now, if I swing on somebody that's that's smoking and they happen to blow smoke in my face, even if it's something that they're doing like by accident and not necessarily on purpose, doesn't that still make me the aggressor and the bad guy? Now, if I think about things on the flip side, I can most certainly say that I prefer people to smoke instead of drink. I don't know too many people that are going high to concerts and getting in fights. People are in these close quarters. People are really nice. They're happy. They're lazy. They just want to eat and have a good time. I think that's a completely different thing than when people have way too much to drink and they can't control their liquor. So I got to guess. I mean, if I'm a betting man. I'm going to say our new norm is that everybody's going to, you know what I'm saying, end up smelling like weed. I hope you don't need a drug test, because if you do, you're definitely going to have trace amounts. If we were running the combine tomorrow, yo, I feel like Ty Dolla Sign and Big Crit owe me some money because I'm going to like drop in my draft status. But I guess that's just what we got to deal with. Like, it's so crazy to me now. I feel like a few years ago. Artists were getting in trouble for bringing weed into venues. I legit saw Ty Dolla Sign light a J on stage, pass it to somebody in the crowd, watch the dude in the crowd smoke it. He took it back, gave it to somebody else for them to smoke. Now, that's some crazy ass shit. One, I just feel like that's not sanitary. I don't know you. I don't know where your lips have been. I'm pretty sure those that J didn't hit Ty Dolla Sign's mouth again. But what about the person in the crowd that took the second puff? I don't know this other person. I know there's this whole community thing and you smoke with people, you know, and you go in ciphers. But at least with uh, with who got I got a tip that's protecting me. I don't know where your mouth's man. Like if I know you a hoe and I'm talking about my guy friends, I ain't really trying to drink after you or like smoke something after you either. Who knows what kind of nasty shit you've been doing? So that's kind of my minor rant. Um, Hope I'm not offended any of my weed smokers. Please tune in next week. It was just one of those things that I was thinking about uh, while I was trying to kind of figure out some content for the week. Um, I've really tried to keep up with this thing and not necessarily talking about current events or what's in the news because it dates a lot of my content. And I don't necessarily want to do that. And if I really wanted that to be the case, I would just kind of rock it and let you read the news. That's probably what that's for. They do a much better job than I do. Um, random ish this week. Uh, 
I was talking to my OG. He gave me a call and he wanted to talk about a few things. Here's something that he said to me that I thought was crazy. And I never thought that somebody in my age group would actually hit us. Um, first off, my OG is 38. Second off, my OG has never heard March Madness. Now, while you're going to get this episode on April 4th, um, the NCAA tournament just ended. Villanova won. Who the entire fuck has never heard March Madness by future? Like, I know my boy is married. He has kids. He doesn't go out the house anymore. The only thing he really does is he watches his sporting events either live or in like in his house. He might occasionally go out with his wife and do old people shit. Again, he's 38. But when you're married for a few years, you got a couple of kids, you got to move differently. Not going to really knock him for that. But how the fuck does he not know March Madness from Future? That shit came out in 2015. It's arguably his greatest song ever. And, and it ain't even some new shit. Future's our age, or at least in our age group. Like, that ninja's in his mid-30s. So if you don't know what my man in his mid-30s is doing, what the hell are you doing with your time? And that's where it gets scary. Like, I get it. I'm not trying to check for little pump. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sitting here running around singing Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. It's not really for me. But I try to at least check for people who are in my age range. Wayne wants to drop something. Yo, I'm going to give it a listen. Fab would have dropped something. I would have gave it a listen. But now with his case pending, I got to run from him like I do R. Kelly. It kind of sucks, too. I really like the soul tape. But that's that. So I'm, I'm checking for these mid 30, early 30, late 20 artists because they typically make the music that I can con- connect to. I'm not checking for Little Pump. I'm not checking for Little Yachty. I'm barely checking for Migos. And I ain't really checking for anybody who else that I can't remember. Little this, that and the other. It is what it is. But here's a question I'm going to ask you. At what age is it too old or young? To still try to keep up with what's going on. Like I feel like I don't want to be the old guy already. Because even though I don't have gray hair like that. I feel every bit of 37. I don't really like going out no more in these streets. Because again. The people that I really used to rock with. They're all married with kids. So I don't want to be the old guy in the club. So I refuse to just go out in general. Instead I just lay back and I chill in my house. And I kick it and I have people over. And that's how I move. So I guess I got to figure out what works kind of for everybody. What keeps me cool, but not too cool where I think I'm doing too much. But eh, I guess that's that. So. So while we're talking about random shit, I promised that I would fire my best friend up. Now, you might want to know why I would roast my best friend on my podcast. A, it's my podcast. And B, we had an issue. It's a petty issue, but I'm going to be petty as fuck about it. So, um, long story short, uh, my homie lives in Miami. He's moving to Japan soon. He's got two really cool kids. Love his son. Love his daughter. I typically go down to see them and just visit them just to make sure they're doing okay. Um, a couple of times a year. That's my thing. 
I love just being around kind of the family and building with them, even though we don't live in the same state anymore. Because I knew that he was moving to Japan soon, we had spoke in January about me coming to visit just before they got on that plane and got away. Here's the thing. I want to say we had this conversation in January. We didn't speak in February. My birthday passed. March comes almost the end of the month. I decided to hit him up in our group chat like, yo, where the is Brandon? I thought I was supposed to come down and visit, you know, to kick it with the uh, the kids and the family. Now, you're probably listening to this thinking like, oh, man, you guys aren't as close as you think. And that would be actually true if you didn't know uh, my boy the way that I do. I don't take it personal, even though I told him I was going to roast the shit out of him just because just because of some of the weird things I've seen him do during our lifetime. For one, this man does not eat fruit. He drinks orange juice, cranberry juice, apple juice. But the nigga decides that I cannot eat fruit. This nigga bought like a three thousand dollar juicer because he enjoys juice, but again, does not eat fruit. What kind of weird shit is that? Number two, I have personally seen this dude during the, I'd say like the length of our friendship, curve the shit out of people for trying to give him phone calls. It could be his mom, his grandmom, his girl. Uh, When we were living together, like right out of college, we were roommates. He would sit down at the dinner table and be just about to eat. It could be the shorty that he's smashing. He's not picking up the phone. He was getting pissed off like, yo, I just wanted to sit down and have a second. He's that guy. He really doesn't answer the phone. So when you put all of that in the context, knowing him the way that I do, I could go a couple of months without speaking to him. And it's all love because I know how he is. He'll randomly pop up like, yo, just wanted to get at you. My bad. You know how I am. It's all good. Nigga. How do you not call me and let me know so I can buy a flight so I can see the kids? Like, fuck you. I'm trying to see the kids. I won't see them until they're grown and walking and doing all types of cool shit that I won't get the chance to see. And I'll probably only see it through videos because your wife is great about that. Every single photo that I've gotten, every letter, all of that family shit that you're supposed to do because you're supposed to be my friend. His wife does it. So shout out to her. His wife is dope. I hope if you're listening to this, I'm giving Brandon all types of shit. Um, he's moving to Japan, which is really cool because I think I'm going to go out there for the Olympics. I think that's in 2020, I believe. Um, so I'm excited about that. Here's why as a black man, he should not be excited. Yes, there are more black people in Japan than there are that are in China, but they're still going to look at you like you're strange because you're six feet tall. You are not going to be able to find many clothes that fit you. Because you wear, I think, a size 12 shoe, good luck finding anything cool to wear. And you know what? Since your dumb ass didn't call me and tell me to book my flight to see the kids before you left, here's where I'm going to be petty. I'll send you some shoes, bro. They're going to be some dad sneakers. They're not going to be the new Yeezys. What are they, the Yeezy Wave Runners? It won't be those kind of dad shoes. It's not going to be the Dolce Gabbana's or whatever brand is popping at the time. I ain't buying none of that. I'm going to buy you them old ass Nike joints that like my grandfather would wear and I'm going to send them shits and you're going to have to rock them. I'm going to copy you like some clothes 
from like an Abercrombie and Fitch or something that's super not urban or not for us or that I never see black people in just to be funny. And I'm going to hope that your wife takes pictures of it and I'm putting it in our group chat. And I might actually Photoshop that shit to be even more petty. Now, all jokes aside, um, obviously, I want my man to have a great time while he's out there. Uh, I don't know what you're going to do with yourself. Um, please send me all the cool electronics that you can. You know that that's the kind of stuff that I'm into. I want all them cool speakers. I want them for all of those good military prices. Uh, be safe. Enjoy. Get some culture. Learn Japanese. Do something real cool with the kids while you're there. Um, and I will definitely see you uh, by the time the Olympics are uh, comes around if we don't see each other sooner um, for like life reasons obviously uh, you know some of our other friends are getting married so maybe you'll make it maybe you won't but we'll work it out uh, enjoy my brother and now um, after I've played around for a little bit I'm going to take this real quick break and I wanted to kind of kick something important uh, I'll get off the jokes for a little bit probably really expecting to hear Anthony Hamilton but instead you get the chance to hear my voice um I wanted to pick a soulful track to listen to while I'm spitting this because if I'm honest I think this is an issue that we kind of never address as Americans I really feel like corporate America takes advantage of people and I know I get it Everyone sort of feels that way. But hear me out for a second. We're forced to believe that if we don't do certain things, our employer will no longer be interested in us. That people will never want to hire us again, that these corporate overlords kind of control everything. And the truth of the matter is, is that at a certain point, we as I guess people have to start conducting ourselves as if we're the commodity. Yes, jobs have the money. We need money to survive. And I'm not advocating that anybody go out and do anything stupid. But what I am telling you is that we need to start playing things from a position of power instead of being in a position of weakness. Most of us right now are, you know, sending job applications out, hoping and praying for a job to give us an opportunity But when you get that opportunity, does that job really value you? You don't get enough vacation. You might get two weeks. You don't really get sick leave. You know, there are a lot of stipulations um, for your employment and the benefits that come with it. And let's say you within six weeks found another job that pays you more money that had you doing the things you wanted to do. Your current employer is going to frown on you for leaving for a better opportunity. And what world does that seem to even make a little bit of sense? Corporations specifically will always do what's in their best interest. They have zero problem cutting people when they feel that jobs are duplicative or they need to cut uh, revenue because they're spending too much money. They don't care about your life. But we've gotten to the point 
as people in this country where we allow companies to have so much control over the things that we do, how we act, and even the way we move in the rest of our lives. I'm going to spend more time working than I am with my own family. So if I'm going to do that and the trade off is that you're going to pay me and give me a lifestyle that makes it comfortable for me to live. I need to think about other things that make it more comfortable for me to work there. Just having two weeks of vacation burns you out. We see that they're now starting to pass laws where, you know, there's a guy in New York who wants to put laws on the books that say they cannot contact you after hours unless, you know, you are a specific kind of employee. We've gotten to the point that as Americans, your 40 hour workday isn't really 40 hours anymore. You wake up reading emails. You go to sleep reading emails. You're supposed to be available at all times because they provide you a cell phone and service so that they can always get to you. At what point do you get the chance to disconnect? You can't be on at all times. There are there are way more things that are more important than work. But because of the way that our lifestyles are now being manufactured for us, they make us believe that work is everything. Well, I'm here to tell you that work is not everything. You are everything. The things that you're interested in are everything. The interactions, the people, those things are everything. And as long as we don't forget that and we start putting more emphasis on those things and the connections we have and the things that make us happy, I think in the long run, we can really enact some change where we start telling these employers, you know what? We don't need to have uh, a Walmart or a big box retailer be open on Thanksgiving. It's perfectly acceptable for you to be closed for a couple of hours. The toys and the cheap goods, they'll be there on Friday. We don't need to keep rolling back these times where all we're thinking about is the money that can be made and the profit that can be gained from it. And we lose ourselves as people because all we're doing is chasing after a check. Now, I feel like I got really preachy on you, but I want you to remember that you have the power and you control your situation. Please make whatever your your employment situations are work for you and not the other way around. This has been episode thir- uh, 48 of the real world. I appreciate everybody for listening. Um, hopefully I'll get back to some cool, fun topics next week. But I just wanted to kind of reach out and touch my listeners. I missed last week. I wanted to take a week off. I really like where things have been going. Um, feel free to like and subscribe. You can share this with anybody else that you think would be interested. I love you guys. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I'll see you next week. Peace.